One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Video games have returned. It's February. Yay. There's all sorts of things. Seafood Horizon, Elden Ring, Dying Light 2, Oli Oli World. They just, mm-hmm. they ain't stopping. They're flooding in. Uh, also, this is the Untitled Pilot Podcast. I'm Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Hello, everyone. <laughs> well, we asked people to submit their various questions, thoughts, whatever they would like us to talk about. And I forgot that I said last week I'd carry some stuff over because yeah. we had a massive response last week. And I was like, I want to try and get to as, I always want to try and get to as many questions as possible. And then we did end up putting another Twitter out, a uh, tweet out. Can't stop tweet. me, mate. You just can't, cannot can't, stop me. Can't stop the banner. So we've got more updated stuff because obviously this week, uh, Sony decided to buy Bungie just cheekily <laughs> on the side. Just We've got Tesco you know. brand uh, games at home. Eh? <laughs> so we'll get to stuff like that as well. We'll fold in the, the most the latest stuff um but yeah we'll get through as many questions as we can massive thank you to everybody for sending in so many we got a ton more this week as well um but first question from McAllister nyc who says with all the recent pricey acquisitions do you see console exclusivity becoming more rampant will seeing games on both xbox and playstation become rare also have an awesome friday we all appreciate you well same to literally every single one of you thank you so much for your kind <laughs> words there mate in answer to your question uh there will obviously still be some uh, first-party titles that will always remain console exclusive mm-hmm. just because of the fact that there's they use them as that selling point to get people invested in consoles. But I do think that it will become more and more rare as, well, costs and inflations of creating video mm-hmm. games start to ever creep upwards. I mean, for every Horizon Zero Dawn and every God of War Ragnarok that's coming out around the corner, they've got to be propped up by sales in other departments to make sure that the company is profitable. Mm-hmm. Stuff like Games Pass, stuff like the project, was it Spartan that they said that Spartacus they were? Spartacus is the... the- thing yeah yeah like that like that's going to be the future of video games it's like a big market with a small subscription-based model attached to it and because we, of that i feel like they're going to have a lot of games across every single platform because it just makes the most sense for mm. the publishers for the developers keeps the cost down on everyone else's side and it means that you get the maximum amount of people uh, as a big net to lure in those little fish here yeah. because we we haven't talked about the bungee thing that much we did some news on it like when it initially yeah. broke me and josh which uh all the best to mr josh brown he's got the vid he's got the cool- um, Oh, so boo. fast recovery to Mr. Josh Brown. But yeah, the Bungie thing, um, you know, it obviously came out in the days following that, that a lot of the 3.6 billion acquisition fee is actually going back into the company. It's going to be mm-hmm. uh, given back to staff and um, promoting people and everything else. Um, and there's a lot of talk around the fact that because Jim Ryan mentioned, uh, Sony's Jim Ryan mentioned an aggressive roadmap for live services and um, that they largely did this deal to acquire Bungie's uh, netcode and the way that their live service platforms work. Mm-hmm. And then Sony then said, or PlayStation then said, they have 11 live, live service games planned 
land. So it seems like that's going to be the push to go down that route. But like, I think that's the thing. I think in regards yeah. to exclusives, um, live service stuff, I imagine, will be everywhere because I think they see, they just go, well, we had 11 Destinies and that was yeah. just taken over yeah. in the background. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. How many times did you notice that when Destiny came out, every other game tried to ape that and say, we are the oh, God, new yeah. Destiny? Yeah, yeah. Problem is, is that we are now in 2021 and that was in 2018 when that was being spouted. <laughs> so things have t- kind of changed. I think that's live- killed, the, like, you know, like Anthem ser- Avengers, they all just yeah. died. The live service model uh, to me is the god dregs, <laughs> the absolute milky cock of this entire like <laughs> industry. I do not like it at all because it is just like, I don't understand why I would want to log into a game and work on it. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, doing a yeah, shift yeah. on a video game now. Well, ben like, Wave said that, he's like games uh, as a job. I, I feel like I need to put the old miners hat on and then just go down there. So, oh, what are you up to? Oh, you know, I'm just going down the mine and I'm going to do a little bit chipping away. I'm just doing I'm my just dailies. Destiny I'll... 3. <laughs> I'll be with you in a minute. I've got to catch five orbs or whatever the hell it is. No, I don't yeah. know why I went New, Newcastle. It's because I'm talking to you from Newcastle. That's why. It was, wasn't been... a wasn't a, an accent I chose basically because of the mining culture. Should have done I didn't Wales. I think of that, that, but I mean, no, we're a proud mining mining folk. I think in yeah. the northeast. But um, no, I think that's the thing. There's a fine line to walk. Uh, Sony are a very hubristic company. I think they'll go complete money go- money guzzling first. Is my assumption mm. with them. I think they'll try and see what they can get away with, like they did with Destruction All Stars, where they started charging people for chapters of the story. Yeah, and it massively yeah. tagged. Um, but yeah, in terms of console exclusivity, it's interesting because um, for me, Sony have a very specific formula, um, for what they're you know every. God of War, Days Gone, Horizon, they all play the same. They have the same camera angles. They have the same mm-hmm. components. Um, it's the Last of Us formula. Like, they've just taken the Last of Us and applied that to so many other games. And I think that then means that they have to make increasingly safer bets to, if we're going to do a big 20-hour exclusive, it has to be this thing because that's what sells. And so that's the potential warning I see. But, yeah, in terms of overall yeah. exclusives, um, I think going forward, Xbox will lock all their stuff down. I still think Call of Duty will go exclusive. Um, Fallout, Doom, Elder Scrolls, and then Sony will be like, well, we've got Horizon and God of War. Yeah, I do agree with you because I think that, uh, well, Microsoft has been very shrewd in how and what they've purchased mm. recently because being able to say, yes, it's a timed uh, sort of, everyone gets a go on it, but as soon as it goes uh, after that time, maybe it'll be locked down to console exclusive stuff. But mm. I don't know, unless they're going down the route of saying that, oh yeah, Game Pass is going to be on PS5. That is a huge sway that their audience that they're cutting out by saying that it is exclusive. Like, you imagine going up to somebody and saying, okay, you've got a player install base of a million players, obviously quite small in today's mm-hmm. market. And then you say, okay, cool. Now, what we're going to do is, how would you like to have only 100,000 players? <laughs> no, I wouldn't like that. That sounds stupid. Well, yeah. do well unfortunately, that's what exclusives is. But you'd have those 100,000 players in the palm of your hands. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but does that mean that they're guaranteed to spend more money on microtransactions or in-game purchases and stuff like that? No, not really. You just have a smaller but more dedicated fan base. Yeah, I mean, it's right. weird as well because um, we'll talk about this because someone else asked about this in a question further down the line. But like, you know, PlayStation are very much bigging up PlayStation Studios. Like, they came out with that logo last year and that's now in front of everything and you know they're green lighting all these different film and tv projects and it's like they want playstation studios to be this big like almost marvel almost disney style thing that just goes across so many different platforms and so but for me like the knock-on effect of having you know a ghost of Tsushima movie a horizon movie Mm -hmm. and the last of us tv show or whatever is that all those like pillars that sit in the middle of that the games have to be the safest thing possible because you're then green lighting all these other things on the side I mean, like, uh, if nothing else smacks at a game lacking originality than when it starts getting movie chat or like TV <laughs> shows, because it's like, cool, we can't really take much of a risk with this because we're turning mm. it literally into a marketable and a piece of merchandise that we need people to easily be able to digest and then say, 
oh, I saw that film. I wonder what the games are like. Oh, mm. it's going to be exactly the same experience. Harvey doesn't even think that works. Like, we talked about this on the main part yeah. I did with Benroy, but, like, Quantum Break tried that. Obviously, the TV show was inside the game. And then Defiance tried that, and no one cared. Like, and I don't even know if cognitively people do watch something and then go, I can't wait to play the game, if it's not, you know, like, tie-ins like it was with the old Lord of yeah. the Rings games or something. Do, do you remember there was a, a sci-fi game that was, like, had big sort of, like, crabby aliens, and that had, like, a TV show. <laughs> that's, that's, that, Defiance. Yeah, oh, that's that Defiance. Oh, that's Defiance. That was when they right tried here. doing like we've got the TV show and the game. That was and bad. It's be, that was yeah, so and it's like bad. one of them will complement the other, and it's just like people don't take media in like that. I know what PlayStation yeah. are going for, um, and we're obviously spinning way off from the question, but yeah. like still, <laughs> um, that whole thing of why they bought Bungie, what they're talking about, PlayStation Studios, that whole push for the future, that seems to be their way of rivaling Game Pass. Just saying, mm. look at these PlayStation IP we have. Um, can you believe how insanely huge they are? Because even this morning it was talked about that they're going to do a Destiny TV show. And, uh, and sort of like flesh all that stuff out. And I just, maybe, but I don't think people only want to live and breathe a certain brand. I just don't think that's the case. Well, it, it used to be like that in gaming. Mm. It used to be like able to galvanize a force like that because I mean, look, when Minecraft came out, look how pervasive mm. that was within the, uh, the mainstream. But this isn't Minecraft. This doesn't have the appeal. It has a story. It has characters, beginnings, ends. It just, I don't know, like If you had a it's live just... service component that was running alongside a TV show and, and a potential movie for the finale or something, like yeah. I see that on paper being a potentially exciting thing, but I also think you have to tell the safest possible story in there yep. to do a long-form thing that even works across mediums. I just think it results in really safe bets. Yeah, I mean, like, if a character becomes an absolute beloved star on a TV show and isn't Game of Thrones going to try and kill everyone off at the drop of a hat, <laughs> then you're just going to go, right, okay, well, I guess they're the main hero for the rest of time. Yeah, and, and right. then you get all stuff like the, the Disney shows, like like Book of Boba Fett, which is, like, boring as hell, or, like, something where I've, nothing right, can okay. happen. I know this is a this is completely a tangent now, but, like, <laughs> I've heard very, very divisive things about this Book of yes. Boba Fett. I haven't actually watched any of it yet, I've only seen but I've heard that, like, episode, episode to one to three are meant to be amazing, and then five right. to six are ridiculous sort of right. things. And and there's like people saying there's like Power Rangers style people in. And I'm like, it's probably what the is best going on? Like, bike gang. I've seen bits yeah, and pieces. What, what? I'm going to check back in for the last two episodes because apparently there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. But even so, most of that stuff in Star Wars case is just people doing the Leo meme and just pointing at things and just like, well, I know what that is. <laughs> and it's like, I've, I've felt that energy. I, I, you know, I get it. I get why you bank on it. But in, in Star Wars case and Disney's case, it's it's all way too safe and boring. Mm. But um, yeah, that's my overall thoughts on the whole exclusivity thing and where PlayStation are at and like the, the potential pitfalls of banking so much on those IP. Um, next question from Nate the Gaming PT, who says, I'm sure we're all fed up of talking about companies purchasing studios, so the only question <laughs> I have is which one real-life Pokemon would you have? Oh, what a question. <laughs> How do you even narrow it down? I used to dream this when I was a kid. When Pokemon was blowing up in like the late yeah. 90s and I was on the way to school, I would talk to my mum about having a little Pokemon in the house and I wanted that mm -hmm. so badly because Ash's mum in the TV show has the Chansey that helps out in, oh, the, yeah, in the she kitchen does. and stuff. And then and doesn't Mr. Like, Mime come in as like a live-in house guest? Mr. Mime's terrifying. Yeah, like, imagine yeah. that. Imagine waking up and just kind of like just this silent just guy just pretending he's behind a pane of glass. <laughs> like, I'll tell you what, mate, put yourself in a box, throw, throw it where the key, get in the dungeon. My no, no, thing no. with, I, I, I go back and on it, but mostly humanoid Pokemon freak me out because they don't talk, but they do stand next to you and they just look at you blankly. Like that's terrifying. Yeah. That would be a really weird horror no, villain. No. What would be even more terrifying is if you had the Team Rocket Meowth who did talk. Imagine <laughs> that. just kind of just like, all right, mate. It's just like, all right, mate. Hey. And it's like, 
hey, this is a bit creepy, isn't it? So like, am I your owner? Are you my friend? <laughs> like, what's the dynamic here? Do I have to feed him? Are you paying rent? He's just like, throwing, his, throwing his head coin at you because he won't get his food for him. Yeah, weird, man. Very, very weird. <laughs> but I think, but yeah, would I, would go, I would go down the um, the help me around the house. Actually, I don't know. No, I think if we can get anything, <clears throat> anything, excuse me, I'd get something that lets me get to get around faster. I want to take flight, basically. So I'm thinking, do like I get a Charizard? Dragonite would be good. Mm. Uh, maybe just a Mewtwo, because I guess he could also sort of like get you a beer from the fridge. Like, ah, so I, I worry about Mewtwo. He would just snap mm. at a moment's notice. Like he's one of the people that would just be like, you ask him to do something and he just glares at you and you're like, okay, I, I'll get it myself. I'll get it myself. I'll get it myself. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, if you've, if you've caught him, he should be on your side. But yeah, Mewtwo is potentially going to break out of that. But I don't know. Oh, I want to fly. Wait, 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 so... wait, wait. Oh, are we, are we uh, impacting that thing about, do you remember the trainer leveling system where it was like, if you weren't high enough level, then oh, they would, they would, uh, obey they would you. disobey you. Yeah, like yeah. Charizard does for ash like yes, are we yes. saying that that is a thing like because if well, that is then we can't pick any sort of super leveled high power <laughs> pokemon because that well, means that we're going to be too much of a scrub to use them i also don't know where i would keep charizard like i'm putting him in the, in the <laughs> yeah. garden for a bit but he's not gonna where's he gonna go so if I he know. gets rained on in the uk he dies <laughs> like, this, 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 is a, this is a nightmare charizard or any of the fire pokemon would not survive the northeast of england they just would yeah. be constantly a bit damp and it's not it's not the best that's vision. a shame as well because i really like to have either uh growlife or uh what's mm. he involved oh. in Arcan- Arcanine? Arcanine, yeah, yeah, the one that he turns into. Or Rapidash, but, but they're fire Pokemon, so that means fire that, Pokemon again, they would... Say, well, Growlithe would be all right to, to ride, though. You can do that in Pokemon Let's Go, and you don't you doesn't, you don't get burned, whereas, like, Ponytail mm. and Rapidash have fire on their backs. So yeah, that definitely does seem like it would flame. be a bit of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I might, I, might, I might square this off by just saying, I'd either have a Snorlax, and you can just sort of lie there. Oh, you can lie on him, like, um, yeah. in um, My Neighbor like Totoro. Yeah. Or like, uh, or like maybe an Eevee and just an Eevee. Or probably just Pikachu. But Pikachu's a bit, he's a bit angry sometimes. I don't know yeah. if I trust him. And I, I don't know. My, my house oh. alarm went off at 5am this morning. I don't need any more electrical issues. I'll tell you what, mate. I've, I've got the right answer here. Go it's on. the Squirtle with the cool sunglasses. That's the one. <laughs> he's the boy. Get him in here. It's like hey, the Squirtle Squad. The little Fonzie in a shell. like Just hey. doing little... little, uh, little <laughs> instead of the hands. finger guns, it's his little like Blastoise little cannon <laughs> thing. It's like, just goes... Yeah, because when, like, when he evolves, does he keep the glasses? Uh, they do, yeah. If you evolve the, uh, if you catch any of the Squirtle Squad and Pokemon Go and then evolve them, then they keep the glasses. I've got that a Blastoise is, with, with um, shades mate. on. Okay, well, it's the Blastoise with the shades <laughs> on. That is the winner. That is the winner there. That's a, that's a massive show. Uh, but next question from Jem Duduku, who says, what video game also taught you a real historical fact? Oh, blimey. Um, well, I oh, use the word mm. fact in quotation marks here okay. because anything from the Dynasty Warriors franchise. I mean, it is <laughs> definitely not entirely what happened, but it right. gives you the rough estimation of what happened with the unification of China, the Romance okay, of the okay. Three Kingdoms. And obviously, I guess you could extend that to uh, Samurai Warriors with the uh, unification of Japan. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. I'd say that the unification of Japan probably is a bit more accurate. Mm-hmm. Apart from, I'm pretty sure that Nobunaga Oda wasn't actually a literal devil, but I don't well, know. I can't. That's, I wasn't there to verify. That's funny because when I played on Amusha in uh, the first one, and there, oh, Nobunaga is the the evil lord guy you fight at the yeah. end, and I didn't know he was based on a real person, so that that was like a weird thing at the time. But there you um, go. that's that's a little fact. Yeah, I think mine would be uh, Medal of Honor Frontline on PS2 because um, they opens by saying uh, the D-Day landing was June sixth, nineteen forty-four, and yeah, I yeah. like. I mean, I probably should. I don't know if I, I don't know if I should have known that by then i was like 10 what, what would i have been i've been about 14 or something <clears throat> maybe it's, 12 it's, i don't know it's fine uh, you're not uh i don't feel like uh we as brits are 
Well, we are obsessed with war a lot, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, a lot we of are movies and all that. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know whether I should have known that. But my point is that when um, I was then in university later on, and someone was like, "Oh, do you know the exact day of D Day?" I forget why the dude was asking now, but I was like, it's "June 6, 1944," because there I have the go. exact audio bit from Medal of Honor Frontline <laughs> in my head at all times. That game was brilliant, and uh, and the soundtrack and the main theme and everything was really really cool. But yeah, that Assassin's Creed, anything like that, um, is very helpful. Uh, question from Michael Patterson: What's the best terrible game either of us have played? Oh man, that is that's such an open-ended question. That's like the best, I mean, like I don't know, four or five out of ten game ever. So I've played uh, many a terrible game in my life, mm. and I would say that as much as I love it, Silent Bomber isn't a great game. But it's a pretty tight game. It, but it's a, it's a great game in the fact that I've had lots of fun with it. Mm. But in terms of mechanics, it's probably it's not aged very well. I right, mean, right, right. Fighter Maker for the PlayStation One is pretty terrible. Uh, but I had a great <laughs> laugh at that. Oh, um, oh, uh. Uh, Gekido. If you've never played Gekido, oh God, I've heard that it is, name. It's, it's, um, years. Uh, it's like um, Power Stone. Yes. Like it's like a, it's like a, a, a like a two D bra- no, it's a three D side scrolling brawler mm-hmm. in the vein of kind of like Streets of Rage. But the <laughs> graphics are so grainy, terrible, and the fact that they're really edge lordy uh-huh, that uh-huh. it's like you can never tell what's going on. Oh, dude! And they just constantly scream at each other, and it's all got like psychic powers in. It's 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 chaotic but very fun <laughs> i think mine um i loved the newest game pray for the gods which i saw ign give it like a three out of ten or a four or something. i loved it i think that game is brilliant we did a video on the best game of 2021 you didn't play because i was like i'm gonna talk about this game it's just shadow of the colossus with a grappling hook and like survival systems that sounds pretty decent, and i was like i really liked it and like the um the bosses like you know you take them down with turrets and there's more to them it's not just climb up one arm and stab or whatever like you do a bit more to free up their weak spots so that will be mine but objectively it's terrible according to the consensus but i thought it was brilliant hey um, man, we can't trust ign ever since they ruined god hand's reputation by giving it a three <laughs> out of ten man it is not a three that out of ten, three game. Out that, ten. That, that is that is a uh, a banger it is at least a <laughs> seven out of ten it is that perfect mid-ground that scott yes. and i are always pertaining yep. don't aim for the 10 out of 10 games in life kids aim for the seven out of tens because yep. oh, they've got I, flaws but that's what makes them so good part of me genuinely would put it out there that there are more uh incredibly memorable six out of ten games overall in gaming history than there are 10 out of 10s. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates 
fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Like, like just um, overall. Oh, Alpha Protocol is a phenomenal that, example. That's, the- that's it. That's the best terrible game that I've played. There we I go. Love then. Alpha Protocol. <laughs> you can't even aim in that game. You'd like <laughs> aim with like a giant circle reticle and it never goes in the middle. Oh, oh God. Got to throw Deadly okay. Premonition in there as well, haven't you? Deadly really? Prem's phenomenal. Oh. That, that, I'll take that over Red Dead 2, like any day. Like, give <laughs> me that. What a statement. What a statement. <laughs> I would massively play that. Um, next question from Stee, who says, have you ever played a game with no glitches or bugs? The only one I can remember is Hitman Contracts on PlayStation 2. Whoa. I guess it's been a while. <laughs> that is a long time. Have I ever played a game without any glitches or bugs? I, I mean, say any Nintendo game. Like, they, they actually put the time in to polish everything. I've never yeah, had a bug in a single Nintendo game. I mean, I've literally, just like I said to you before, I've made my way through um, Metroid Dread and yes. uh, Mario Odyssey recently, mm. and I haven't experienced a single glitch or issue no, in pristine. that. And there's a lot going on in those games as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that if we're going back in the day, I remember ape escape very fondly not having any issues but only because of the fact that i didn't encounter them like right. you could say um like metal gear solid had a fair amount of bugs and issues in it but mm. most players didn't come across them i didn't see they many. didn't push them into doing the weird stuff to, in order to get them so mm-hmm. i don't know man it's an interesting thing that like bugs and glitches like i because i was going to do a whole editorial on the fact that the uh, the eighth generation was the generation that made us stop believing because it's yeah. like you expect something to be broken you expect the server to go down at midnight you expect the thing to be patched later like our well, yeah, default yeah, yeah. mentality oh, is like, well, I hope they patch that. Like, do you remember the, the, the joy of getting home with like the case in your hand? Mm. Let's just say it's the classic PlayStation One jewel case <laughs> thing. You've yeah. already fractured the front of it because it's made of that crappy plastic, <laughs> and then you've put it in. It just immediately plays. Works. It's, it just works. It's the Todd Howard of video games. Yeah, but you don't have to then, install it. <clears throat> it's great. But speaking of which, when I got Fallout 4, for example, I waited mm. until a midnight release to get that, got home, popped it in, three-hour download, and I was like, cool, right, well, <laughs> so it's going to be 3 a.m. before I get to start playing this. Might as well go to bed then. I did that with uh, GTA 5. Like, stood in a uh, midnight queue blockbuster back in the day, yeah. back in 2013. Uh, got Shout out to blockbuster, real Shout ones, out. remember. Big old blockers, and uh, yeah, stood in the queue, got the copy, managed to install it, I don't know, half two in the morning by the time it oh, installed on my student internet, and uh, <laughs> just like played, I don't know, the opening 10 minutes, then I was done. So, but, woo! Yeah. Yeah, just immediately unconscious again but um yeah i yeah i'd, I'd punch nintendo stuff but i think yeah overall the, the state of games we expect patches and that sucks like we, mm-hmm. we expect stuff to be fixed now it's just a, it's a prerequisite um next question from jesse what game have you beat the most times oh blind is metal gear solid i've beaten the first one about 24 times no, you've not. I oh, dude, I used to just play when I was a kid. I just played Metal Gear Solid oh like over God. and over and over again. Could I, you speed I run was it? enamored. Um, probably, maybe. Yeah, uh, it's been a while since I played the original, but um, I did it back again in um, the late well. 2015, 2016-ish, because my right. wife hadn't played it, and I was like, we are sitting and playing Metal Gear Solid. And so we did that, but when I was a kid, that thing was my life. I loved it. I just That was all I did. 
Okay, so petition right here, right now. Everyone listening to this podcast, go over to Twitter <laughs> at slash LP89. Message Scott saying uh, charity stream speed run of Metal Gear Solid. Let's get it going. Let's get it going. I would going. love to do that. I, I, I pitched to you years ago. We should do all the Metal Gears in a row for a charity stream. I yeah, totally and I made that. a face that I probably would never be able to replicate. <laughs> probably look like if a cat's anus could taste itself. I was just there, like, not because I, I love, I would love you, that. Yes, Scott. You are one of my favorite people in the entire world. <laughs> and I you. know that you love Metal Gear Solid. But imagine me having, I, I mean, I've- You're, I've you're only going to describe the appeal here. I, but the thing is, is that I would just be sitting there watching you tell me <laughs> how good this game is while showing me. And I'd be like, oh my God, like, but if it we is did. great. But at the same time, my mind, I'd be like, oh my God, there's a lot of content. Oh, dude, if we, if we did all of them in a row, like you've got eight hours of cutscenes in Metal Gear Solid 4, but like it would That's be about- eight hour cutscenes? Oh yeah, that game has the world record for the Guinness World Record for the most cutscenes in a game. No, it's surely Death Stranding. No, no, Metal, Metal Gear Solid 4 what? has more, more, more like consistent, literal cutscenes. Uh, oh it hasn't been broken by Death Stranding, but that game has the world record for it. But yeah, I would, I would totally do all the Metal Gears in a row. That would be hilarious. It'd be like a two-day <laughs> live stream. I would totally do that. Um, but yeah, game you've beaten the most times, uh, Julian? Uh, probably uh, XCOM Enemy Within. Uh, I played that I relentlessly, went back, mm. played through it a few more times. I think that it's just because I've tried to do it on nearly every difficulty with every expansion <laughs> and mod added in as well. Like <clears throat> I, I, XCOM 2 actually hasn't seen as much replay out of me, but that... Um, same, yeah. I am right in thinking that XCOM Enemy Within is the... Is the expansion the that was one, yeah. add, yeah, that was added on to the thing. That's the one that I remember because it was like the complete edition. At that's that my point. favorite. That's when they, they uh, brought in the mechs and, and oh, the mechs, and you could yeah. hide behind the mechs as the yeah. use them as like mobile cover. I love that game so much. The brilliant. dudes uh, behind that are doing the new Star Wars grid based thing, which I am so, so here for. Like I tell you what, for fans of that sort of like squad based tactical shooter style mm. thing, there is a lot coming out that is really mm. good. If you've not played it, Phoenix uh, uh, Point Phoenix Rising, Point. I think it's Phoenix Point. That's it, uh, made by Julian Goss up who did um the the original XCOM games that's a really good game uh, that's already out there and has just received a big expansion on game update. pass as well and it's on Game Pass. There's um, Warhammer 40,000 Chaos Gate Demon Hunters, which is basically the exact same, but set in the 40K universe. And you get to play oh. as like psychic powered uh, space marines called Grey Knights. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's the Star Wars one that's coming out. We do have the Marvel one that's coming out as well, even though that I'm pretty sure that's going to be riddled with microtransactions, <laughs> but it is still coming out. It's good to At least the a. animations are solid. I like a good turn-based yeah. one where you get good payoff with the animations. If I can do pins and movements and stuff. And, and isn't there like a Mario and Rabbits Mario and Rabbits, yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing looks great. I mean, I love it. Does that. actually look alright, actually. So much. <laughs> the first one is so good. Um, did I say so, that yeah. I got it for the Switch. I think you did, yeah, but I don't think you've played much of it yet. I haven't played. Like... I haven't played a single. Ah. Day. It's, it's sat there. It's downloaded, ready to go. as my they, next they, big they, game. I mean, yeah, they have such a cool mechanic where you're chaining as much uh, movement together as possible, yeah. so you're bouncing off enemies and then doing your fire st- state or whatever. It's so cool. Um, next question from Karel Type Shaw, who says, Scott and Jules, gaming has become an increasingly expensive hobby, especially with next-gen pricing. In a packed month such as February 2022, if you only have a limited budget for two full-priced games this month, which games would you recommend us to buy? <sighs> what Not games? Dying Light 2, apparently. That game seems well, to be buggy as hell. Well, I've got um, Lawson on the other side, who's uh, mm. apparently had some time with it, just been uh, looking at all the reviews and stuff. And he's mm-hmm. been saying that it actually looks really decent. That's cool. I, I, I'm, I'm getting like a real then, yeah. like sort of 50-50 split on this. Mm. And people are saying like, it's a great game with fantastic world building. Uh, combat can be a bit repetitive. The frame rates and performance issues are dog. Uh, right. But 
it, as an overall package, it's much better than the zombie think, fair that we've had before. Yeah, I think it, my thing with that that makes me just go, ugh, is that it's very Ubisoft open world. It's just here's a mm. lot of stuff. Like when they put that stat out that it'll take you 500 hours to complete it. And I was like, I don't even want to go anywhere yeah. near that. Yeah. Like just, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll probably will play it eventually. But my two for this month, um, obviously there's Elden Ring and Horizon, but my two are massively mm-hmm. Sifu and Oli Oli World. Um, just Oli Oli's been getting insane reviews this morning. That yeah. game looks gorgeous. Great little I, skateboarding game. I just watched the um, the review for it on IGN yeah, before we uh, came here. And even though I just said before about not trusting IGN after the, uh, <laughs> the three out of ten uh, debacle, um, I give it like nine to, or ten or something. I have to admit, I was just blown away by what yeah. I saw because I was like, it's got a low price point because it is an mm. indie game, so that will save you a bit of cash as well. And then I think that for my second recommendation, as cheesy as it's going to be and as very gimmicky, I would say Dynasty Warriors Nine Empires <laughs> finally coming out. <laughs> yeah, oh. it's going to be a terrible game. We all know it is, uh, but uh, it's that sort of. <laughs> Again, it's the six, seven out of ten game that we've all been dreaming of. Actually, yeah. that's, that's fair. Let's be fair. It's a five or six out of ten. That's You're living the, the Musuo. The thing, uh, the thing that I'm most curious about, I think, if you, because the thing is, like, obviously, what um, Karel says is very true. A lot of the premium stuff has gone up to seventy pounds. Yeah. Um, and that means for a lot of people, that means they're going to get one game. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever you do, wait for reviews, wait for hands-on stuff. Just, just generally take a lay of the land. I have full faith in Sifu and Oli Oli World, um, just because of the developers behind it. Sifu is made by the Absolver people. Oli Oli World. That's what I was going to say before was that. Um, you know the first and second game it's such a really cool different take on skateboarding like it's all yep. very like like fighting game combo style stuff lots of like stick um, you know 360s and whatever to do these different yep. moves chaining stuff together and it seems like the new one is like doubling down on that even more so that's something that for me are they're more safe bets but it depends what genres you favor I think Elden Ring will be the one that everyone just goes oh my god you've got to see this um, do you know what, I would um, also uh, still uh, wait for reviews Elden Ring has um, been a very interesting one of late hasn't mm. it because the fact that I'm very invested in it huge fan of like anything that from software puts out but i am enjoying how worried people are getting by the <laughs> directors coming out and saying actually we've kind of messed a lot with what uh, uh george um rr martin created um, okay. we have changed a lot of the designs since he gave them to us from way back way they're oh. looking a lot more monstrous now and right. that the difficulty is going to be a much lower challenge because he mm. wants more people to actually see it through and i feel like Ooh, talk about alienating two of the biggest aspects of that game selling points by the difficulty and challenge thereof mm-hmm. being saying that it's going to be immediately lower and for fans of Game of Thrones, uh, um, like world building and lore and stuff like that, saying that the characters that they were given have been changed significantly by that point. So it's like, mm, okay, what is this game actually going to be? Yeah, because George Martin did initially, like, the only thing he laid out was that he did the, the lore and the world building, but like, mm-hmm. I thought he hadn't done specific characters, but he must have given them they, some stuff. Yeah, I, then, I guess it's yeah. how he wrote the characters to be, and that's, mm. this is how they've actually interpreted those, um, right. uh, how they are. The difficulty thing is interesting because um, I think you should just do, any any creator should do whatever they want to do. So like with mm-hmm. Hero, I was on the side of like, if they want to make a really brutally hard, annoying, infuriating game that 3% of people finish, that's their choice to do. And I get the accessibility conversation, but that's more about making sure everyone can have a go rather mm-hmm. than, you know, like potentially affecting the vision they had, whatever. Like I said, they might, they might just want to make a game that's brutally, stupidly hard. It's more about making sure we have accessibility options in regards to controllers and stuff. But for this, because I will say for Sekiro, that was one of the hardest games I ever played. Like that, Genoshiro yeah. fight, <clears throat> the amount me and you went back and forward on like the different cheese methods to get yeah. through. I eventually just sat down and learned every frame of animation and I ended up uploading it to YouTube being like, here's me beating it in five minutes because oh my God. Well, the, yeah. it was the weirdest experience of my life because I was lucky enough to get an early version of that game to go through and not have any guides, not have any preparation as to how to go about things or what skills to maximize in and how where to go first sort of stuff. Mm. So I had to learn the hard 
third way. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, this is actually quite uh, exhilarating to just go in there completely blind. Mm -hmm. But it did mean that I actually naturally went towards the cheese strat methods because of the fact that it was like, right, well, no one else is telling me that this is the wrong way to do this fight. <laughs> and I'm winning this fight. So here uh -huh. we go. Well, plus the game dicks you over at every possible chance. I always thought yeah. this in, in any Soulsborne game where I'm just like, oh, if I can game you for a for a change, then yeah, I'm going to absolutely game this. Like by the time I'd beaten Genshiro and I found out about, um, what's that giant red demon, demon of hatred? Yeah. And um, there yeah, was yeah. a cheese method for that, which they've patched out now. But I remember just making fall off the cliff. Making fall off the cliff. And I was like, I'm just going to do that because <laughs> I've beaten Genichiro. I've proven that I can do this. I've proven to myself that I can overcome this stupid BS game. Like, you know, can you still play games? Whatever. Yeah. And uh, which I, you know, I, for my personal thing, I was like, I need to beat this game. And then I was like, no, I'm going to climb the building and watch him fall off a cliff. And I just laughed at him, stupid AI thing falling off the cliff. <laughs> Love that. Because they, they, them as a dev are laughing at us getting squished 10, yeah, 10 exactly. times over. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, the thing that they said about um, they don't want to make it as cheap, they want to make it more stressful. I think that maybe is more about atmosphere or mm -hmm. maybe giving you more of a fairer shot, not having things one shot you from off screen, whatever. So I guess we'll see, but they, mm -hmm. those are valid um, uh, things to say. We also did a list on Elden Ring, which did like hardly any views. And I was yeah, like, that's a shame really apprehensive about it like it might be the case overall um final question from Haley from canada how many flop video game movies will it take before sony abandons their plan to turn every successful property into a film <laughs> franchise yeah where are you at on the uncharted movie because i see them stepping up the marketing left right and center they made it so you get a free yeah. cinema ticket um alongside the upgrade on ps5 and that is that i just see them going for the love of god please watch this movie and all of us going nah I mean, it's I, I'm not holding uh, high hopes for it. Um, no. I just think that it's going to be a as generic an actioner as you can possibly get because of what we discussed about before, where they mm -hmm. want to toe the line and keep it as close to the uh, as, as uh, marketable as as possible, <laughs> and obviously make sure that people know that it's going to be a franchise. Please let mm -hmm. it not be a franchise, so everything's going to be by the numbers and not challenge. I feel like any the casting as well. Like it's been an odd, hasn't it? A one, it was just like Tom Holland is not. I love Tom Holland, but he's not Nathan Drake. Mark Wahlberg is not Sully. Mm -hmm. Like done like you know it almost was done from then and they, one of the newest trailers it shows mark Wahlberg with a mustache which i nigh on guarantee is the final scene in the movie it's gonna be the final uh, uh, yeah because yeah. he doesn't have the mustache in any of the other scenes yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. just like yeah unless you're gonna do a, a reverse henry cavill and uh, and put him put a tap on him <laughs> then uh, i don't know but yeah overall um i don't know i i think this is their plan for the rest of the generation i think they're yep. gonna attempt to they're gonna reach for the skies and try and make playstation studios the next marvel the next big cross-media thing so because I, they know yeah. that if they um, if they do it right, then they'll be able to do a metaverse down the line, and it'll all be all the characters teaming up again, like Ready Player One. Tom Holland himself will shake your hand and say, yeah. "Thanks for buying my movie, guys." <laughs> but uh, but yeah, again, massive thank you to everybody for sending in all their questions. We got an absolute ton, and we barely scratched the surface again. So I'll try Classic. Classic. and carry more stuff over next week. But know that we both love you all, and this has been the Entitled Banter Podcast. I've been Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Hello and thank you and goodbye and UBP and UBP and UBP. <laughs> and UBP and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.